Hey friends, if you wish you weren't hearing an ad right now, then straight after you listen to this episode, head over to curiositystream.com slash not overthinking. For less than $15 a year, you get access to thousands of high quality documentaries on CuriosityStream, and you'll also get a special link to our podcast feed with all of the ads taken out. My name is Ali, I'm a doctor and YouTuber. I'm Taymor, I'm a data scientist and writer. And you're listening to Not Overthinking, the weekly podcast where we think about happiness, creativity, and the human condition. Before we go on, I just want to give a quick shout out to Brilliant, who are our sponsors for this episode. Brilliant is pretty much the best place to learn math, science, and computer science online. A lot of the maths that we're taught in schools focuses on memorizing some method and getting good at repeating that method in an exam. But the best thing about Brilliant is that it actually helps you develop intuition and real understanding of the concepts. They have a great series of courses on the fundamentals of probability and statistics, which I think are a super important topic for everyone in the 21st century. Learning and understanding this stuff will really change the way you see the world. Uh, so go to brilliant.org forward slash not overthinking and the first 200 people to sign up via that link will get 20% off an annual subscription to the site. Big thank you to Brilliant for... Hello and welcome back to another episode of Not Overthinking. Tamor, how are you doing today? Mate, I feel like a zombie right now. I'm so tired. I have not been this tired in a long time. I think I was complaining about my sleep last week as well. But yeah, this week again, I haven't really had a decent night's sleep all week. And then I think I had like five hours sleep last night or something. So yeah, I just feel pretty grim, dude. Pretty grim. How about you? I don't understand this. I don't understand why you can't just go back to bed in the morning. (laughs) What do you mean? As in, when you say you've had five hours sleep... It would yeah. be reasonable if you had to go to work or school the next day. But given that you can literally control your own schedule, why is it that you're not sleeping more in the mornings? Dude, I tried. For example, I was I was sort of awake from like 8 a.m. trying to like sleep some more. And it, it just doesn't really happen. <laughs> okay. I think a yeah. significant life hack for you is going to be blackout curtains or blackout blinds. Do you really think that makes a difference? It is like the single biggest change to sleep, to sleep quality that for the, you know, bang for your buck. It's an absolute no-brainer. I don't know why you haven't got blackout blinds yet. I've never had a problem with this. Like, I've never needed a really dark room. I've never had any problems sleeping, is the thing. Okay, but you do now. Therefore, just get some blackout blinds. <laughs> it's like, you know, as someone who cares about this whole measure stuff, it's just it's completely unfathomable why you haven't done this yet. Yeah, I guess I should do that. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually, I don't think that that's going to be like the magic solution. For example, I, I have like an eye mask, which I use. Doesn't you that use do it? the... It doesn't, like, make the difference. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, basically, everyone I've spoken to who's ever used blackout blinds says it's, like, the best thing ever. I think the best thing ever. Every time I go to a hotel or anything that has actual blackout curtains on them, I sleep like an absolute baby. It's, like, game-changing. And it's so, so, so cheap to do that you just might as well. All right. I will order some blackout blinds after, um, after we record this, I guess. Fantastic. Uh, the other thing you should do is, given that we've had blinds in the room and you haven't installed them, you should look into hiring someone to install them for you, which would also be a very high measure, relatively low cost thing. I think you installed one of them. Um, I installed the one of them, yeah. <laughs> the other one is uninstalled and you've had the last six months to install it and you haven't done it. So realistically, even if you do get blackout blinds, you are unlikely to physically install them. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I'd recommend good. just finding like a sort of buy and, and deliver and fix service or something like that would be totally, totally high measure. Anyway, yeah. So apart from the lack oh, of sleep, how's your, how's your week been? Apart from the lack of sleep... Man, this week has just gone, like, I swear a, a whole week of December just disappeared. I thought we were in the first week of December and we're actually the second week of December. It's nuts. Um, but no, I think it's been decent. We've done this week. Oh, yeah, we started, we played some League of Legends as our company social this week. You that was company fun. social? Yeah, we have a weekly social. With like two of you? Three. We have, a, we have someone who's doing, like, an engineering trial with us at the moment. And hopefully if that goes well, then we'll make him a full-time offer. Uh, but he's based on the East Coast. So there's, there's a bit of a time difference. But on Wednesdays, we, we do a social. We're playing some Tetris together. So East Coast weeks. is in like South End or? <laughs> no, no, in, in the US. <laughs> in Boston. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, that was interesting. I hadn't played League of Legends since I was like 17 or something. Um, it, was, it was a good throwback. Anyway, yeah. How's your week been? It's been great, actually. Um, this has been the final week of the Part-Time YouTuber Academy. Oh, nice. So uh, finished off on Friday and we have our after party on Monday, which is like an unofficial event where we're giving out uh, the part-time YouTuber Academy Awards. For- <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's good. Uh, but for things like, um, you know, we've got these four different homework assignments. And so we sort of shortlisted five people who did them and people voted on them. 
the one that I enjoy is that in week two, we asked people to record a YouTube short, which is uh, a video, vertical video that's less than 60 seconds as a way of kind of just flexing the muscle of publishing videos consistently. And the title for that certificate is most likely to finish in under 60 seconds, mm. <laughs> nice. which was a little bit risque, but we thought, you know what, this is fine. It's, it's how, top how many, how many prizes are there and how many, how many people are there in total? Is in this total, like an every, everyone gets a prize kind of thing? Oh, like no. So in, in, total we, <laughs> in total, we have 360 people in the course. Yeah. Uh, and we have about 10 or 15 prizes. Okay, that's cool. Which is going to be like certificates or Amazon vouchers or something something to that effect. But speaking of company socials, we actually had our first company social on Friday evening after the course ended. Um, and what I did was I said to the people that, right, guys, order a takeaway and put it on your next invoice. And so we just had a Zoom call while we were all munching on our respective takeaways. <laughs> and it was it was it was surprisingly pleasant. I thought it was going to be really awkward, but like it wasn't that awkward. <laughs> so you weren't like playing anything. You you weren't doing an activity on Zoom. You were just just chatting while eating. Yeah, it was just like having a dinner, but over Zoom. Oh, okay. And yeah, it was quite nice. Um, we I, I th- this week I also had my first like official one on one meetings with my direct reports, <laughs> which is ah. basically like when you're a manager, you're you're meant to have like one on one meetings with the people yeah. you manage, like basically every week. And I have basically never done these before oh, okay. until i started reading a book <laughs> about how to be a better manager yeah uh, by this uh, lady called julie zoo who used to work at facebook uh, yeah, and yeah, written no, a book no, called no. making of a manager or something like that and she says basically you should be having a one-on-one meeting with every single person you're managing every week and i'm like damn and so i did it <laughs> and even like after the first one i was like damn this is this stuff is really useful we should be doing more of these yeah so now we've got it as like a recurring calendar event um with which is like once a week for some of the people once a month for the others and yeah we're making progress we're looking to hire uh, an assistant video editor and also a writer so expanding the team by two in the next few weeks oh nice what's the um what's the writer going to be writing the writer will mostly be writing uh blog posts and tweet threads and basically what i realized through preparing the course the, the lessons for the youtuber academy is that i'm much more of a like my my thoughts flow much better when I'm speaking to someone rather than when I'm trying to write them down. Yeah. And so what I want is a writer who I can kind of have phone calls with like once a day for an hour and be like, okay, I really want to do a video about this, 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 and this is going to be the structure of the video and this is what I'm thinking. And can you do some research around this? And so I I verbally <laughs> describe the video and they can turn it into oh, nice. yeah. a video script or like a blog post or like a tweet thread. Um, I've also <laughs> missed my email newsletter for the last two weeks. Really? Uh, yeah, it's been... How come? It's been one of those things whereby initially I was all about the consistency thing. And then after speaking to my friends, Kay He and also Paul Millard, <laughs> hmm. uh, that, that, that time we did a podcast where those guys gave me permission to skip it. I've now been a little bit less kind of draconian about having to do it every week. Right. Which I, th- I, I, I feel like it sort of goes to that bell curve thing we were talking about last week. <laughs> which is which is that <laughs> it's all it's all like cyclical it's like at at the start of any kind of venture you do kind of have to really really work work hard to get the consistency like you know publishing an email newsletter every week because otherwise it just won't get done or the other the other thing i've been thinking about in this context is when it comes to doing the things that you feel like so like the person at the low end of the bell curve <laughs> will be just doing what they feel like and therefore be a total waste man yeah, the person yeah. in the middle will be battling like consistency. Oh my God, Gary, Gary, yeah, yeah. content every day. And the yeah. person on the end will be like, you know what? I can actually just do whatever the hell I want. And I yeah. only do the things that I feel like. Right. And so when it comes to <laughs> a lot of those things in my life that I've been consistently doing for three years, I'm now in, yeah. I, I can actually just do what I feel like and I'm not going to be a waste man with it. But when it comes to something like the gym, I'm still very much in the middle of the bell curve where I have to like right. <laughs> work Coerce myself yourself. up, yeah. Yeah. you know, with the tears and the audiobooks and everything to to make myself do it the tears <laughs> yeah you know that, that the diagram has got someone crying in the middle <laughs> oh sorry okay that's yeah. what you meant i thought Dude, you were like crying to... <laughs> I, I, I thought you were the meme person <laughs> yeah i think this this is a pattern that i've sort of I, i've sort of seen this crop up in in lots of things where when you're learning something you have to like learn and internalize and understand the rules before you before you're allowed to start breaking the rules you know like the, the people in the, in the top ends of most things um, are not taking some kind of rule-based approach generally, but it's only through like learning and you know go, going through the motions of doing things by the book that you then like internalize the book to the extent that it, it sort of becomes intuition. And then you can just trust your intuition to like you know carry you the rest of the way. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. This is, is, is something that we, that we talk about in our uh, in our YouTuber Academy thing as well, which is about storytelling and how when you're getting started with becoming a better storyteller, you really have to work hard to fit everything into like a structure and beginning, middle, end and hero's journey and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but then obviously, if you're a pro, you have internalized all these things to the point that you don't even need to use them. And so it just becomes becomes second nature. Yeah, that's pretty cool. How, what was the retention like during the Academy? So like, 360 people like signed up for it how many of what what proportion of them like did all the homeworks and all the activities and stuff like that um less than half actually it was really yeah it was it was a little bit strange like the the, the very first homework assignment which theoretically would be was like the easiest one well it wasn't the easiest one but it was like you know um shouldn't have been too hard fewer than half the people did it i think it was about 45 percent of people there were a lot of people for whom i kind of just like like, re- like real life got in the way uh, like, you know, work got crazy or the kids went mental or whatever. Um, and yeah, like in the, in the first session, we had about 250 people attending the Zoom calls. Um, but, but bearing in mind, you know, not everyone could make it because of the time zones. And in the final session, we had about 150, 160. So that's okay, not so about, too bad attrition rate. Uh, for so about, about 150 people like did it sort of all the way through to the end kind of thing? Yeah, something like that, which is pretty solid for given that most like non-live online courses have like a two percent completion rate yeah. so we've got like a i don't know 40 percent completion rate which is very good and we're, we're now doing our post-course survey where we're getting data from everyone and seeing have we actually made a measurable difference in people's lives and so far it's, it's looking very promising like we ask questions like you know how likely would you be to recommend this course to a friend and we're on like a nine point something average out of ten you know how to, to what extent do you think this course was good value for money we're on like 9.5 out of 10 so Nice. The people who are completing the post-course sur- course survey seem mm-hmm. to be liking it so far. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and to be honest, we've got like a money-back guarantee for basically no questions asked. So we've had like a few people who are like, you know, I really wanted to do this, but real life got in the way. Can I have a refund? But yeah, sure. No worries. Yeah. So it's been it's been pretty good in that on that front. I think nice. one, one other kind of insight from it, which may not be relevant for most audience members, but whatever, is that um, I think when thinking about a product like a four-week online course the temptation which i fell into is to think oh my god we're charging lots of money for this we need to pile in loads and loads and loads of value into this and therefore to overload people with content and to like Mm. beat them over the head with the content sort of hammer and that was very much what was happening like week one was chill week two was okay and then week three and four just started getting super intense and people started falling behind and i'm sure people would have had the feeling that I would have had at university with the eight week long terms where it's like, okay, I can just about keep up for two weeks, but then I start falling behind and then start feeling guilty for not knowing what's going on and and all this stuff. And when it comes to something like building a habit, like publishing videos once, once a week, I think we made a mistake in making it as short as it was like four course, three live sessions for two, for basically six hours a week. On top of that, we had like homework clubs on top of that. We had homework assignments on top of that. We had worksheets. Yeah, so next yeah. time we're going to basically do the same thing, but spread it out over six weeks. And I was speaking to my friend Hassan, who was saying that, yeah, the temptation when you're selling these things is to think that you're selling content, but actually what you're selling is a transformation. And it is you know, detrimental to students if the content is piled into four weeks, especially given that you're trying to get people to build this habit of consistently publishing videos once a week. And that's like your the, the transformative aim of the course. So that was like a really good insight um, from this coaching session I had with Hassan. And so I think next cohort, we're going to make six weeks and then potentially even extend to eight weeks. That's pretty so, interesting. Yeah. yeah, it did seem like there was an awful lot going on in terms of all the live sessions and mm. breakout things and stuff like that. Yeah, I think to an extent, it's extent it's like the imposter syndrominess of like, oh my God, you know, <laughs> am I really qualified to teach this? You know what? Let me just pile everything I know and then, and then, and then, and then no one can complain that this isn't value for money. Yeah. And, and not appreciating that actually so, sometimes it is better <laughs> to go slower. <laughs> yeah. Less is more and all that stuff. Less, less is more indeed. There was a good, um, I was, I'm going through this online course about setting up a consulting business. And the, the, the example the guy uses, he, he basically says that, look, you want to get your customer to the result, like the result they want as quickly as possible. And he's like, you know, imagine if you were t- having like a tooth extraction. And the dent- one dentist was like, I can, do it. I can do it for you in 30 seconds. And the other one was like, well, you know, just to feel like you're getting more of your money's worth is going to take two hours, <laughs> two hours and 30 seconds. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Who, who would you go for? Like, yeah. Uh, people are paying for the result and they want the result in the shortest amount of time possible. They don't, they're not there to pay for that. Oh my God, you're giving me an encyclopedia of content here. Well, I don't know. I feel like it's not that simple. If someone is shopping around for a course, right? Like if they, come, if they hit your landing page for the course, 
and you know, let's say this was the first time you were doing it. There's no reviews or anything. Uh, you don't have like the social proof yet. I feel like it's still kind of it, it. Kind of makes sense to give the impression that they're getting they're get, getting like lots and lots out of this. You know, like it's it. I think it. I think that does kind of make sense. Maybe like yeah, maybe like in practice you don't want to make it sort of that intense. But when I think when you are selling it for the first time, um, yeah, like. It feels like some, you know, someone like like Seth Godin, right? <laughs> like, where Seth, Seth Godin is the one who his blog posts are like three sentences, right? Yes. Is, that, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. that, that, that is correct. Like, if some new blogger lands on the scene and, and tries to pull a Seth Godin and starts writing three sentences in blog posts, that shit is not going to fly, mate. <laughs> you can do that once you're Seth Godin, but the first few times, you need to write a few a few paragraphs. <laughs> <laughs> at least <if> you, <laughs> yeah no that's a that's a good point this is something that that we uh, i think one of our one of the well, one of our advisors for the course was saying this as well they were like when people are signing up to a youtube course they think what they want is the tools and the gear and hey all of this stuff and all of these different methods yeah. and that is the candy that you use to bring them into it yeah because, but but once they're in it that is when you actually give them the meat and the meat is really that guys the only thing that matters here is publishing once a week. The gear doesn't matter. The tools don't matter. Like you can all, we, we can work this stuff out over time, but no one is going to come in appreciating that <laughs> just putting out a video once a week is all that's really necessary. They, they, they're going to think <laughs> there is a magic bullet. Yeah, so yeah. To an extent, you have to make it seem as if you're selling <laughs> yeah, content, yeah. but actually you're selling the transformation. Mm. So. That's pretty cool. That's funny. Um, oh, we forgot to do a sponsored plug here. Uh, <laughs> we can pre pre-show it should we pre-show it or should we do it now we've been recording for 17 minutes let's pre-show it we'll pre-show it fine i need to remind myself oh i've been using these new, have, you, have you seen this analog this analog thing what is it it looks like a post-it note mate uh, so so yeah the, the, there's this company called ugmonk u-g-m-o-n-k who do very sort of aesthetically designed but quite expensive like desk setup accessories and stuff like that and their founder jeff uh, did a kickstarter a few months ago releasing this to-do list called analog which I'll, I'll describe it to the audience. It is effectively um, some kind of, uh, <laughs> what are these called? Index Flash cards. Card? In the index cards. Basically some index cards uh, with some lines on them that you can write your to-do list on. And he's selling them for like $80 a pop <laughs> for like a, a set of index cards. And it comes with this nicely designed wooden wooden <laughs> thing where you can just, where you can put the index card on the wooden thing. And Hold it. it uh, yeah, it's sort of if you, if you imagine like a phone stand and it sort of slants your phone at an angle of about like, I don't know, 70 degrees. So each day you put a new index card in the holder and you can see your to-do list in front of you. And it's called analog. And it's like, you know, a revolutionary way of managing your to-do list in an analog fashion. I love uh, so it. I, this guy's so I, genius. <laughs> I paid about $150 for this to get like the extended version on Kickstarter <laughs> many months ago. And it recently <sighs> arrived. And I've now got it on my desk and it's actually pretty legit. And did you know on the on the other side of the index cards is dotted paper, so that if you ever need to take a note, like for example, reminder to record. You're sponsored. shitting me. The index card is two sided. You can write on it both is. sides. You can write on both sides. <laughs> thick enough right. that, the, that the ink doesn't bleed through. It's so good. It's got yeah. It's, it's it, this is like next level. You write the date on it, and then you yeah <laughs> record sponsored plug for brilliant. <laughs> This is really yeah. When he when he announced it on Twitter, lots of when he announced it on Twitter, lots of people were like making fun of this. That dude, you're selling index cards for seventy dollars. So wow, <laughs> but it is actually very good. It's very nicely designed. <laughs> Look, no beef to the guy. Like props to the guy. There's a market for it. You know, it's a win-win. Like people like you are buying these things, feeling good about yourselves. He's making some money, <laughs> but this is oh. capitalism. This is how it works. I think I don't think this is capitalism. I think this is the productivity industrial complex <laughs> more so than. Oh my god! All right, look. Here's the thing. I've I've probably said this before, but I haven't I haven't said this for at least a good few weeks. <laughs> it's just uh, I feel like most people are optimizing for feeling productive, right? Right. Most people, are opt you know, like feels good to like oh man i've got sick notion set up sick room set up you know <laughs> i don't think there's much of a correlation between time spent on productivity tooling and, and things like this and actual like creative output or progress or however you want to measure it i, I mean, feel like yeah. so much of the industry is just like you know <laughs> 
Yeah, making, you know what I mean. Making do. people feel a bit, yeah, sure. But it's like, it's, it's, it's like anything like this. It's I, like selling you know, candy. It is. But I mean, it's like work, workout clothes. To what extent is, you know, the, the amount you spend on workout clothing proportional to the results you get out of working out? Probably not a lot. To what extent is the sort of Instagram green aesthetic nature of your meals equivalent to the actual health value you get from them? Possibly not too much. There's all this, you know, there well, is a big, no, no, I th- I th- there, there, there is value in feeling good about the stuff that you're doing anyway. And a nicely designed index card list for $80, you know, for some people it's a way of making them feel good about, about their to-do list, which would otherwise be boring. Yeah, that's fine. I just think in the realm of productivity, there's much more of a trap of feeling like you're doing something when you're not. Like, I, I don't think anyone, you know, you feel good when you buy some Lululemon yoga pants and check out your ass in the mirror. <laughs> you know, we, we, all, we all feel good when we do that. <laughs> but no one's, we're not kidding ourselves that like we've actually gone to the gym. <laughs> like, whereas with the productivity thing, you know, you're tapping away at your computer, you're writing little things on your two-sided index cards. <laughs> like, I think there is a very real danger of feeling like you are actually getting things done. So I, th- I think it is a bit different to these other domains. I'm all about like people feeling good about the things they're doing. I'm all about like having nice things in your environment that make you want to do stuff. I just think in the productivity sphere, there is a real danger of just, you know. Sure. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's equivalent to in the studying sphere, there is a real thing of, hey, I want to have really pretty notes and colored highlighters and all that. You yeah, know? yeah, all that stuff. Aesthetic looking notes, not people, most people not realizing that uh, taking notes is uh, not legit. But Yeah. Oh, on another, on another note, I had an interesting chat with a friend this week uh, relating to productivity stuff. <laughs> so this friend... <laughs> uh this friend i he and i we know each other for a couple of years now um we mess it yeah we catch up on like facebook messenger every few months or something like that and i i think i messaged him quite a while ago saying like oh hey man how's it going or or something um yeah just like catch up and then he sort of ignored my message for a while and then i I mess i I, some there was some something that came up um and i messaged him again like related to the thing that came up and then he was like, "Hey, oh, sorry, sorry, I missed your message. Actually, I he said, actually, I didn't miss your message. I was in a bit of a productivity slump, and when I'm in a productivity slump, I don't want to talk to any of my friends who are productive. For some reason, he sees me as a productive friend, but he he, he said that apparently, like, he spent like eighty hours a week video gaming last week or something like that. Wow, incredible! <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, basically, he's he's had like a very unproductive few weeks, few months, whatever." And when he's when he is being on having like an unproductive few months, he doesn't want to talk to people who, in his head, are productive mm. because I don't know. You feel bad. You feel kind of judged or whatever. I think it's just like yeah, it just comes back to like I think stuff around like workism mm. and stuff around like productivity culture, which is just like it's really bad that people feel this way. You know? Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, who was I speaking to? I think it's it's. Probably equivalent to like you know there are some people that will that, that feel bad when they see uh, someone with a you know a nice butt with Lululemon yoga pants on Instagram or something like just being reminded of your own uh, alleged inadequacies is not a nice feeling and productivity slash workism is just one realm in which we do that. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Wait, how easy is it to ed- like how easy is it to edit this podcast right now? Like, how easy is it to cut out sections using this new... We're using something called riverside.fm. We probably have to manually cut out sections. How hard is that? Not overly hard. Why? Can we pause the recording for a few minutes? Uh, Sure. Hang on. Can I see if there's a pause button? Okay, I'm going to hit stop recording and see what happens. All right, we are back uh, after that little interlude. Um, In a lot of the Brandon Sanderson audiobooks, they have little interludes at the end of different parts. It's always very interesting. It's like... At the end of part three, interlude, Zeth, Venli, Teravangian. And then you get like it from like three different characters' perspectives. And then you see what's going oh, nice. on in like the other bits of the. And then you're like, part four, the kingdom. Eshenaya <laughs> <laughs> attuned. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it's so good. Oh. Have, you, have you made any progress on Mistborn, by the way? I haven't. I still have it on Audible. I've almost finished my current audiobook and then I'll, I'll do it. Oh, dude. Yeah. Every, everyone needs to get obsessed with Brandon Sanderson. Like, it's absolutely next level. Anyway, what are we actually talking about today? I mean, I've got something if we need if we need something. Yeah, go for it. So, um, I have a new friend. His name is Chris Sparks. Uh, Chris Sparks is a high-stakes professional poker player, once ranked in the top 20 online players in the world, 
As a performance coach, Chris gives founders and executives a competitive edge so that they they too can excel at the highest limits. So he is my like performance slash productivity coach. And he sent me this book, which he's written called Experiment Without Limits, which is just full of lots of um, sort of introspective uh, prompts, journaling prompts and thought experiments to help kind of figure out what you want from life. Okay. And so I wonder if we can talk through some of these exercises. Okay. So chapter one is about setting goals and I'll read out what he says. It's a, this is more like a workbook rather than a book book, but like there's a, it starts off with a quote from Ray Dalio famously. He says, I learned that if you work hard and creatively, you can have just about anything you want, but not everything you want. Maturity is the ability to reject good alternatives in order to pursue even better ones. And then Chris says, goals act as your North Star. They keep you moving in the right general direction and allow you to reorient whenever you stray from the path. Figuring out what you really want out of life is the first step to getting it. And then chapter number one, or like the first few exercises are all about goal generation. The first step to goal setting is to generate a list of potential goals to choose from. Before you decide what to pursue, brainstorm all of the possibilities, giving yourself permission to think big. Here is a series of prompts I have found useful for generating potential goals. Number one, life story. Goal setting is your opportunity to write your own life story. This long-term focus shifts your search area from what brings you happiness to what will give your life meaning, the pursuit of a challenging and worthwhile goal. And so the next one, and then he gives a 30-minute prompt uh, entitled, Write Your Life Story. And there are one, two, three, four, seven, six questions within Write Your Life Story. Question number one is, what would you attempt if you knew you could not fail? And I'll, I'll just read, read all of them out for you and for, for the listeners, and then we can kind of tackle these one at a time and see if we can kind of brainstorm okay. these. Number one, what would you attempt if you knew you could not fail? Question two, what issue, what issue do you want to solve that people say is too big to tackle? Number three, in 25 years, you're giving a keynote at TED. What is the topic of your speech? Number four, what do you want your obituary to say? Write it out. Number five, what would you do if money or another constraint was unnecessary? And number six, if you were the last person on earth, what would you do? Ooh. All right, should we start with number one? Yeah, so the question number one, what would you attempt if you knew you could not fail? And actually, anyone listening to this, uh, if you would like to take these prompts seriously and write out your own answers uh, or potentially even record them, uh, do send them in to our email address, hi at notoverthinking.com. And it would just be interesting at the very least just to see what other people what have in response to these Plus, it'll also take make you take it more seriously if you know that someone else is going to read it and you'll end up writing in continuous prose and, and stuff. Anyway, mm. what would you attempt if you knew you could not fail? Hmm. This is one of those things where I think it's just about sort of brainstorming general ideas and not and not kind of filtering as as we're going along. So one thing that comes to my mind is I would be interested. I would be intrigued by the idea of starting my own medical school. What? Um, yeah. Really? Yeah. It could be fun. Okay. It, it could be interesting. Uh, also sort of potentially intrigued by the idea of starting my own online medical school, because I think like a genuinely big, big picture problem to solve is that um, when it comes to medical education, it is also siloed into expensive big institutions, which a lot of people don't actually have access to. And yeah. for example, if you know, you're in, you're in a country and you're in your village and there's no like doctors around and things. And there's basically no hope of you as a village kid to be to go to med school, but you have internet access, and there is a compelling yeah, yeah, like yeah. online med school that that actually works and that will teach you like the basics of what you can do given given your constraints. Then that would be a genuine <laughs> value add to the world, which is that mm. no one no one has really done that just yet. So that could be interesting. Why do you think no one's done that yet? Well, on 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 a free online medical school because yeah, they I mean it's 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 it sounds like it'll it's like Khan Academy or whatever, but a bit more specialized, right? Yeah, just Khan Academy for med school that takes you step by step through the things you need to know and, you know, applies it to real life rather than being just a more theoretical. Okay, your turn. I was thinking much more sort of abstract than that. I was thinking like, like if you knew you couldn't fail, yeah, I think I'd try and affect some kind of large scale cultural shift, you know? Okay, such as? Such as? Being nice to kids. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Like if, if you knew you couldn't fail, yeah, I think... I think like change, changing people's opinions on a large scale, like literally just like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> influencing a large number of people in a fundamental way. That seems like, that seems like a good thing to do, assuming you're right about whatever it is you want to influence them about. Mm. 
So you want to be an influencer? Basically. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'd say like, yeah, bringing about some kind of cultural shift, you know, pushing, pushing the, pushing the thinking forwards for, for the human race kind of thing. Like specifically in the kids domain or just, you know, in general? I mean, the the thing that comes to mind right now of like an area where I think the world needs to be pushed forwards is the kids thing. But I think some something of that genre, like if you knew you couldn't fail, yeah, I think that'd be pretty mm. a pretty good thing to do. Okay, uh, I think we should we should set, set set some constraints here. So we each come up with three things and <laughs> don't overthink them. So what would I attempt if I knew I could not fail? I feel like. More selfishly, I would love to be like a kind of a music performer, rock star type person. Oh my god! <laughs> I just thought I, I I knew you were going to say that when you said more selfishly. I was like, he's going to say I want to be a pop star. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be Harry Styles. <laughs> more like Ed Sheeran or Louis Capaldi rather than Harry Styles. But <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, if I knew I couldn't fail, I would I would want to be like Louis Capaldi. <laughs> Louis Capaldi's sick. He's my favorite yeah. celeb. He's so funny. <laughs> why? Yeah, think, why would you want to be like Louis Capaldi? Uh, I mean, more like just. I like the idea of uh, performing to large crowds. Okay. I like the idea of performing music to large crowds. I like the idea of kind of my songs touching people's emotion emotionally and all that stuff. Uh, and I just think it would be really fun. And I also think there's there's something to be said for being weird like Louis Capaldi is in that he's like super famous but he's also like really weird and totally okay with just being a normal dude and like having banter on on Snapchat and and doesn't seem too like packaged up and produced like a lot of other celebrities in the past have been yeah yeah so I think it would be cool to be sort of rock star famous for something like that um preferably with with without all the headache that comes with being rockstar famous and the the security risks and lack of privacy and all that all, all of that stuff in an in an ideal world while also being able to kind of still <laughs> maybe make day in the life videos about yeah i just did a poo and uh, spent half an hour in the corner and, then, and then my legs went dead <laughs> and <laughs> you know that that sort of stuff i would love to see more like big name celebrities do that that sort of thing yeah it seems like yeah Lewis Capaldi would definitely do that kind of thing i'm not sure if i i, I don't know that many celebrities that well to be honest apart from lewis <laughs> apart from lewis yeah. all right your turn okay that's pretty interesting i mean one of the constraints here like my mind you know if you know you cannot fail you know my mind goes to like oh solve world hunger or you know <laughs> you know figure out nuclear fusion you know like all these these kinds of big things like uh, that's that's surely not a reasonable answer to these to the question right oh well you know it can be whatever you want really basically the idea is just to brainstorm some things that help maybe sometimes occasionally give you clarity on what you what you actually want out of life the pursuit of a challenging and worthwhile goal i think i do actually care about changing the way people think about numbers yeah okay how so? That's basically what we're trying to do with causal. Okay, fair. I think my third one would be I would kind of on on your theme. I would want to make the whole. I feel like training people to be more in control of their emotions would be like a worthwhile thing that I would attempt mm. if I knew I can fail. Like mass okay. CBT <laughs> on the popula- right. on 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 the, pop- <laughs> on the on the population level. Uh, All right, Madaro G. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll activate my infinite Tsukiyomi or whatever you call it. Mugen Tsukiyomi. Yeah, that's some real like anime villain shit, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. I want to eliminate negative emotions from the world. Yeah, that's like every anime villain thing. The, the, this is actually one of the things that some of the effective altruism me type people are are looking at, like increasing global happiness. Yeah, um, yeah, which is you know less Madara Uchiha-y, but like that's basically what Madara <laughs> wanted. You know, he was, he was just misunderstood, and he was manipulated. Yeah, I mean, I think that the thing about the anime villains is that like they want they want something that the rest of us want. You know, like they want world peace or whatever. They they just to choose like a really <laughs> really controversial way to do it. <laughs> but their hearts in the right place. <laughs> exactly. They say if you if if you don't have any haters, then you then you're not standing up for anything. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Final one from you. Just trying to think about what else I like this really care about. What about like selfishly, like my rock star equivalent, as opposed to oh, I want to help the world be better. What selfish thing would I do if I knew I couldn't fail? 
And in a way, I guess, like, if you knew you couldn't fail, then it actually is about the journey as well. So you want to find something that's sufficiently challenging and feel sufficiently meaningful. I feel like your face has gone weird at the word challenging. No, <laughs> I don't mind the challenging. Yeah, honestly, the, the, the selfish thing would probably be setting up a civilization on an island, basically. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. That's like, yeah, I think that that's something I think about a lot that really <laughs> is not for anyone's benefit. <laughs> it's really just my own entertainment uh and maybe we could figure out something useful along the way what what, what do you mean by civilization as in like uh sort of setting up shop on an island and you know creating water and electricity and building houses and stuff or yeah yeah just like starting starting with the with an island Mm. and then like developing it yourself in in your own image (laughs) 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 okay (laughs) <laughs> yeah I, yeah i just mean like literally you know like you know suppose like i don't know three thousand years ago some you know early humans got on some boat and just like went to some island and set up shop i want to do that that's pretty doable i know yeah i think it is actually pretty doable um yeah i did i i, I, I think did, maybe I, in my 30s that could be good i did i did a deep dive with this dude called tynan who i've, I've mentioned a few times before uh I, I wonder if one of his episodes if that interview was an in-between episode but he has basically done this where he and like 10 of his mates bought an island together off the coast of Canada or something. And like, you know, when it wasn't coronavirus, uh, you know, a couple of times a year, they would go to the island and built their own houses and like gathered for wood and <laughs> yeah, 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 figured out the whole, apparently it's like really, really fun. Yeah. It sounds great, man. It sounds great. Clearing but I mean, like the growth and yeah, I mean, I, I think the goal would be like to really actually start some kind of civilization there, you know, where then like, People are born on the island and stuff, and they grow up on the island. <laughs> they die on the island as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. Like Truman Show levels. <laughs> oh, yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, maybe there's part of that in there. I, w- I watched that the other day. It, w- it wasn't oh, as like life-altering as what I was hoping for when you said it was life-altering for you. How was, how was it life-altering for you? It wasn't life-altering. It was just a sublime experience. Didn't you think so? I mean, I thought it was a journey. Pretty, a pretty, a pretty good film, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a sublime experience. Damn. Okay. I recently, I, watch- I, I watched. Have you seen? Have you seen How to Train Your Dragon? No. Is it good? It's really good. <laughs> We've been watching it with like lunch and dinner for the last few days, and that is a sublime experience. Really? <laughs> it's, it's really good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll check it out. Man, I think this is shaping up to be our worst podcast episode of, of all time. <laughs> all right so what's what's next on this set we've done the three things yeah okay so the next question which is which i think we should skip is what issue do you want to solve that people say is too big to tackle which i think has a lot of overlap with the first one the other yeah, sure. the, the next one is in 25 years you're giving a keynote at ted what is the topic of your speech hmm. probably this is kind of related to the first like the first the things that come to mind are yeah something about kids or something about numbers hmm. yeah for me it would probably be something about happiness or something about meaning hmm. Yeah, idea worth spreading. All right, what do you want your obituary to say? This is like a little thing in the newspaper when you die, right? Uh, yeah. Like your fa- your family pays like twenty quid to go in the obituary section. Yeah, something like that. I think I'd want mine to be sort of number one, sort of micro on the family front, like f- f- family and friends friends front, and number two macro on sort of a wider world front. I think an ideal thing on the family and friends front would be like he was a really good dad and husband and like. You know, solid member of the community and would actively host host regular board games nights to make people play articulate on the, on the regular i think yeah word, words to that effect would be cool and kind of on a related note i in 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 the past i was always like yeah when i'm rich and famous i don't want like a big house and stuff uh i just you know want my like you know who needs a big house and now i'm more like actually i do want a big house because the benefit of a big house is you can have loads of friends over <laughs> and you can basically do that community thing whereby yeah like people can stay over whenever and that that kind of vibe i think that would be like a solid long-term strat um and then on the wider world front i think sort of some combination of like a good teacher and like inspiring figure for his students type thing um and i would like that to be on in like the medical sphere but also in like the general role model personal development sphere as well i think that would be cool that's pretty interesting. Let me think about that for a second. Yeah, for me, it's 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 like thinking about a question like this, and I've 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 thought through similar things similar things in the past. Like, what do I actually want from life? And 
it it kind of it kind of helped me realize that I don't personally get much of a sense of meaning from, for example, saving lives as a doctor, to use that common phrase. But I get like infinitely more meaning from teaching people medical type stuff in like a nice way. And so oh, okay. less yeah. I, and and so yeah, that. Why do you think that is? Is it because that you feel like the medical teaching is more of a unique contribution? I don't know. Whereas, I, like, I, somehow mm. any other doctor could be saving the life. Yeah, partly. I guess so. I feel like, yeah, maybe if I were so into medicine and stuff and that I created some, like, life-altering thing that, like, really helped loads of people or, some, or something like that where my unique pro-contribution was actually the thing that saved the lives. Maybe that could be fulfilling. But if I imagine a future where I'm, like, you know, slaving away in a lab and applying for research grants and stuff in order to try and discover some molecule which then cures some rare disease that does not at all seem meaning or fulfilling to me and i know that that exact life seems meaning meaning and fulfilling to certain friends of mine whereas for me something that seems much more meaningful and fulfilling is actually if i could teach medical students like once or twice a week that would be sick <laughs> um and if i could be like the kind of role model type inspirational type figure who can explain stuff really nicely and help them do their best work and succeed and, and stuff then I feel like that would that would be, bring me a lot of kind of personal fulfillment. I find that really interesting because it's, yeah, it's, it seems like your your sort of mind on this question has kind of gone to like wanting to be a role model for other people. Yeah, and I just don't really ever think about that. I even slightly don't like the idea of that uh, role but, model. Uh, I mean, role model is a strong a strong phrase, but but like for example, if you were to change people's minds about thinking about numbers. Yeah. You know, it, you'd, you, you would be a very domain-specific role model, right? I don't think so, no. Okay. I think I think role models suggest some, like, much more holistic... I mean, role model, I think, is kind of, like, just not domain-specific. It's more of, like, a holistic, you know... For example, if someone says Elon Musk is their role model... Yes. I mean, I guess it's, it's kind of domain-specific in the sense that they probably have entrepreneurial or technological things in mind. But I think a lot of what they're probably getting at is also that, like, he's sort of yeah. singularly determined and courageous and all of these things and just an absolute monster, yeah, like, in, in that kind of way. Whereas, like, I don't know, like, I, like, there's probably plenty of mathematicians over the past hundred years who've pushed the field forwards, changed the way we think about things. And, like, no, no one sees these guys as role models, dude. <laughs> like, we're certainly not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Andrew Wiley is my role model. Andrew Wiles, whatever his name is. Wiles, right? Yeah. Um, so you don't like the, so it's, 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 it? It seems like what you what you want is something much more holistic. Yeah, that's true. I do want something more holistic. Um, do you not like? Do you not like the idea of of people looking to the way that you live your life and the way you look at, you approach the world as being like, oh yeah, you know, that's I aspire to like tame levels of like empathy and self awareness and caringness and thinking about the kids and stuff. I don't know. I don't find the idea appealing. Yeah. I don't know. For some reason, I just don't find that idea appealing. Do you have role models as such, i.e. people that you would sort of say that this person has helped shape, shape my life in X way? I don't think there's, I don't think there's anyone who I'd consider like holistically to be like, um, like a role model. No, sure. But like, what about even in, in like certain ways that this person has helped shape my life in X way? I mean, yeah, for sure. Like in domain specific things, I often think, Oh, you know, what would so and so do in this situation? Because you know, I kind of look up to them in that in that domain or whatever, and then you know that kind of stuff. Is that what a role model is? I don't think that's what a role model is. Okay, but so what what I was trying to get to is, do you like the idea of other people looking up to you in domain specific ways, in the way that you look up to Andrew Wiles in domain in a domain specific way? Hmm, let me think. I don't like the idea of people looking up to me in general. You know. Okay. Why not? Like, what is not? What's displeasing about that idea to you? Feels problematic. <laughs> okay, why? Um, why does that feel problematic? Yeah, I think I may be okay with it on a very like domain specific level. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, I like to think I'm decent at design, for example. And if someone looks at my work and they think, "Man, Tim's really good," at, you know, Tim's a great designer. I want to, I want to be like that. Okay. I, the, yeah. If if they see the causal logo and they're like, damn, I could I wish I could draw a circle that perfect. <laughs> yeah, if they see the causal logo and understand the, <laughs> the, the profundity of it. <laughs> and they're like, wow, I wish I'd come up with that. Then <laughs> Okay, or if they I see a tweet, that. or if they see a tweet of yours, they think, oh, how did he do that? 
or if you drop the perfect zinger in a group setting and everyone's like, oh, how did you come up with that one? <laughs> okay, actually, here's the thing. I, I, I think on the topic of being funny, yeah, actually, may, maybe this is actually my answer. Like, <laughs> I, I just think of being funny and making people laugh is like a really fundamental thing. Mm. And if there's anything where I think like I'd be, I'd be happy with people to like look up to me as a role model or like I want to be kind of immortalized in some way, it would be as someone who's funny. Hmm. <laughs> would, you, would, you, would you want to be a stand-up comedian? Yeah, sure. Yeah, that'd be sick. Okay. So, so is, yeah, is, I, I just think is that like your rock star equivalent? I think so. I, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, I think it, on like a selfish sort of level of like, what would you do if you can fail? Yeah. I think it would probably be something like that. I just think like, yeah, I've, I've, I've often thought like the, yeah, I, I've often thought that, you know, when I, when I watch like something like Arrested Development or Modern Family, which just like is so funny. And, you know, I, I often think, man, that is, you know, doing, doing that is actually the only worthwhile thing <laughs> to do in the world. <laughs> I just, yeah, I can't do that. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. <laughs> but really, if I, if I really could, I would be doing that for sure. Yeah. I think that's actually my answer. I'm, mm. I'm very sure of this be, being funny and making people laugh, I think is. What is stopping you? What is stopping you from doing stand up gigs, for example? Yeah, that's a good point. I think in, in my final year of university, I was actually semi-serious about it. Like I prepared like a, a sort of uh, a five minute stand-up set that I performed at our sort of final maths dinner. Uh, that was good fun. And I think I, I was definitely semi-serious. Like I would spend a bit of time. I had like a Google doc in which I'd like write down jokes and things every day, you know, for a bit in, in my final year. And then I think, yeah, just kind of got sidetracked or something. But I think, yeah, I think like, I, there, there are definitely things I can do in that direction mm. for sure. Do you think your life would yeah. be quite better if you'd spent more time doing doing that thing which you supposedly love? Yeah, possibly, yeah, sure. Okay. Is there, yeah. is, there, is, is there any particular reason why you don't carve out maybe 20 minutes a day to do stand-up comedy writing routines, for example? Yeah, I actually haven't probably thought about it in a while. But yeah, I think that would, you know, that would actually be a, a good thing for me to spend a bit of time doing. What's on your calendar for the rest of the day? Oh, mate. I mean, the only thing on my calendar is I need to call a friend in a couple of hours. Okay. And then we had a goal this week that we need to make a demo video for some new causal stuff. And uh, I'm currently far away from doing that. So I need to do a lot of grinding on causal. Okay. Hypothetically, if you were to book in a calendar event, so it's 4.15 now. If you said from 4.30 till 4.45, you were going to do some comedy stuff. Do you think that would be doable? Yeah, I've often thought this. Like, I've often thought like, it's actually not hard to just carve out 15 minutes to, to do something every single day and it'll like enrich your life and definitely pay off in the long term. But it ends up being quite difficult. <laughs> okay. Why? I think it all comes back to like... Um... Aspiration. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Agnes Callard. She's, got, she, she's done it again. In this case, it actually doesn't come back to aspiration. In this case, it comes comes back to sleep. <laughs> I think for if, for example, look, I, I think the sort of cal- the scheduling calendar things is all hunky dory as long as you can guarantee that like it won't get thrown out of whack. But for example, if I you know end up waking up like an hour or two late one day or something, then kind of everything else is sort of thrown out of whack. And then these li- these little things will fall by the wayside. Why is everything you know, like, thrown out of whack if you wake up two hours late? Um, yeah, I think like I think I feel some kind of responsibility to expend a certain amount of time and effort on causal, okay. and I think that is actually sort of the right thing to do. And so, if like I wake up two hours late, then something has to be sacrificed, mm. right? And I think. It's a little, yeah, I, I don't think it would be the right thing to do, to just do, do like the, per, prioritize the personal stuff all the time. Do you really think that 15 minutes a day of stand-up comedy is going to make a, is going to move the needle for causal? Well, dude, look, it's not, it's not just that, right? Like in theory, I'd like to do like half an hour to an hour of like just writing a day, similar thing for reading, similar thing for piano. Like there's a, there's a bunch, there's a bunch of these things that on a perfect day, I could schedule slots in my calendar. And if, if the day goes entirely according to plan, then I'll be able to do all of these things. Sure. And that's what makes it hard. Uh, it's, it sounds like you're saying, I can't do it all, therefore I'm going to do none. Yeah, that's basically what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. No, I, no so I think, I think the priority right now should actually be getting my kids' manifesto out 
I've been sort of dragging my feet on that for a while. Oh, I've um, been dragging your feet on that. I think I feel like there's quite a high. I, I mm, so I, I think most. I think the meat is all there in some form. I just need to package it up right. Okay. And I've noticed that like I want it to be really good. I think yeah. My my attitude towards it is not not like a sort of churning out content attitude. And I feel like yeah. I think I want it to be good. And so okay, no, that's actually that's 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 an excuse. If my if if my therapist were here, he'd say mm, no. I don't think that's it. So I did a decent amount. I, I did. In the Dominican Republic, I was doing half an hour to an hour of that every morning before I started work. And progress was being made. And yeah, to be honest, I think if I, if I can just carve out like a day, like maybe Saturday or something, I, it, it just takes like, I think it'll just take like one big sitting to like, bah, you know, finalize it. And I just haven't done that. Should we schedule it in for next Saturday when we're on our little road trip? oh yeah mate that'll be great actually great yeah let's do that i can do all day writing you can do all day writing i'm sure the other people we're going with have some level of work to be doing yeah okay. yeah th- okay this road trip will be great for that like, yeah let's do it okay have you scheduled it into your calendar we'll do that now nice while you're doing that um have okay having established that we just need this one day heavy lift to get you to your goal of getting the kids a manifesto out is there a compelling reason why you can't schedule in 4 30 to 4 45 just to do some stand-up comedy today yeah, dude, I've got like a ton of stuff to do for causal. <laughs> like genuinely. And 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 fifteen and fifteen minutes is really gonna move the needle. I mean the fifteen minutes has to come from somewhere. <laughs> okay. Does it really? Like if we finish if if for example we made this podcast episode fifteen minutes shorter than it currently is, would you really have made needle moving progress on causal? Okay. In this case, the needle moving progress is hitting the weekly goal of getting this demo video out. All right. Okay. It's not about like you know and there's a bunch of bits and pieces i need to do for that mm. and, and yeah like obviously yeah. i could just sleep 15 minutes later yeah that that is all obviously the case mm. i think you're bullshitting yourself here really yep okay here's the thing i guess like fundamentally i don't actually want to do the 15 minutes of writing comedy today because i think like doing doing a one-off like i, th- I think it's the kind of thing where if it's genuinely a daily part of my life or like a regular part of my life okay. that I'm intentionally devoting a, a, a chunk of my, my week to, sure. then it's worth doing like a random 15 minutes today. It's, okay. you know, create, and the cal- so I, I, create the calendar event, make it recurring every day, 4.30 to 4.45 PM. Why, why is that hard? Yeah. Yeah. So, so here's the thing. I think, I think I do actually, you know, I think the, the comedy stuff is really fundamental and stuff. But I do, I, th- I think I do actually have other priorities right now. For example, if I were to spend 15 minutes a day doing something, I think it should be the kids manifesto right now. I, I think one, actually once that, once that is out, mm. then I think I can, but we've established you know, maybe the kids manifesto is going to be done in a heavy lift next Saturday. Sorry. We've established that the kids manifesto is going to be done in a heavy lift on Saturday in six days time. So you've carved out, you've, 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 you've time blocked time to do the kids manifesto thing. It will, it will get done on Saturday. Okay. So what is stopping you from doing, like what's actually stopping you from scheduling just 15 minutes? A, you know what? Let's not call it 15. Let's call it seven minutes a day for doing comedy, comedy related things from 4.30 to 4.37 as a recurring event every day. All right, fine. You know what? I'll do it. <laughs> okay. I want you to schedule it in your calendar now. I want you to do it as a recurring event and I want you to invite me to it because then I'll do, I'll do that. I'll do, I'll do songwriting in that 15 minutes. And now both of us are moving towards our rockstar goals for just 15 minutes a day. <laughs> And not bullshitting one another about it. All right, in fact, fine. In fact, if you're feeling really pro, add your Zoom URL, your personal meeting room URL as like the, the location. So, you know, y- you have to be on Zoom. <laughs> but you don't have to be on Zoom. You can like sit on the toilet and do the comedy. Like, as, as long as it gets done in that time slot, I will do the same for songwriting, which I claim to be a thing that I'm interested in. But when if I say, if I, say I do in my calendar, it doesn't reflect it. I'm just bullshitting myself. Fantastic. So in five minutes time, when All I right. finish this podcast, you're going to do some comedy. I'm going to do some songwriting. And... We're going to repeat this from 4.30 to 4.45 every day. How do you think it's going to go this week? I think it's going to go good. It's, okay, I, a question for you. If when we next do the podcast, I check in with you and be like, how was the comedy writing this week? How surprised would you be if you didn't do it regularly on a scale of 0 to 10? How surprised would I be? Yeah. <laughs> unsurprised. <laughs> you would be unsurprised if you, can't, if you end up not being able to actually stick to what was in your calendar for just 15 minutes a day. Yes. Okay. What Just do you think? What do you think would be what, what What do you think would be the top three reasons as to why you wouldn't do this every day? I think. I think reason number one would be. <laughs> look, 
here's the thing. I obviously agree with everything you're saying. It doesn't matter. Obviously, I've, sh- obviously I've thought about this. <laughs> I don't care. Sh- shut up and talk. <laughs> right. Reason number one would be I wake up late. <laughs> and then okay. I feel like I, you know, have to spend time on other things. Yeah, sp- specifically causal. Yep. And what was that stuff you were saying about workism? It's not workism, dude. <laughs> it's not workism when I do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> if, no, it's not. It's actually not workism. If Torek were to say the same thing, if Torek were to say, you know what, I can't work towards my dream for 15 minutes a day because if I wake up an hour early, I just, I've got to put in an extra 15 minutes. I've got to clock in to my consulting job that I hate. I've, I've just got to clock in. I've got to do an extra 15 minutes. Otherwise, I feel bad. Would you not accuse <laughs> Torek of workism? <laughs> but okay, that's reason right, number fine. one. I wake up okay. late. <laughs> so I, I, know quite, I, I wake up late. And and by virtue of waking up late, I feel I have to devote an extra fifteen minutes of the day, which I, you know, I, I can't do anything with that time other than work on causal, whatever the hell that means. Okay, reason number two. <laughs> um, gosh, I'm gonna have to work hard on this one. <laughs> I'll find something. Don't worry. Don't worry about it, mate. Yeah, I'll find something. All right, tell me what, what are the top three reasons why you wouldn't be surprised if you end up not doing this thing. Okay. Historically, when it comes to re- repeated calendar events, yeah. usually what happens, for example, I have a bunch of repeated calendar events every week for all sorts of things. And usually I see, I see it in fatigue. the morning. <laughs> alarm fatigue, basically. I see it in the morning, I think, eh, I'll do it later today. <laughs> you know? I see. Okay. And then I don't do it. Got it. So reason number one, workism. Reason number two, alarm fatigue. <laughs> how, it's not workism, dude. How, how, do you, how do you think you might combat the alarm fatigue? I don't think I might combat the alarm fatigue. So like with other things, I have like a forfeit where like Lucas and I have a couple of things that we have to do uh once a week and if one of us doesn't do it we have to pay the other one 100 quid okay do you want to do a forfeit with me you and i both have to do our songwriting slash comedy thing and if we don't do it we have to pay the other one 100 quid per day that we don't do it okay here's here's why i object to your framing right now i object to your framing because i think on a fundamental level i feel like i'm trying to coerce myself into this right now and do you have to coerce yourself sometimes into doing the thing that's good for causal even when you even when you don't feel like doing it at the time I don't mind a bit of coercion from time to time. Okay. What's wrong with a bit of coercion that gets you towards your goal? Of, you know, your, and, and I quote, the only worthwhile thing to do in the world is to make people laugh. <laughs> what are you doing that's higher on your mind than that? <laughs> I'm genuinely curious here. I'm not, I'm not hating. I'm just curious. What could be better than that? <laughs> as, as someone who prides themselves on living authentically and living your truth every day. Are you really living your truth by saying that you can't give 15 minutes a day to doing the only thing that you think is worthwhile on earth, which is to make people laugh? <laughs> uh, all right, fine. All right, you got me. I'll do okay. it. All right, how much of the forfeit do you, how, how, how much is the forfeit going to be? I'll stick with 100 quid. All right, 100 quid. I will check in with you. And this is a legally binding contract because it's recorded. I'll check in with you in the podcast next week. I have to give you 100 quid any, any, for any day that I don't do 15 minutes of songwriting stuff. You have to give me 100 quid for every day that you don't do 15 minutes of stand-up comedy type things. All right. So we've sorted out the alarm fatigue thing. Would, it, would, anything, would anything else help with the alarm fatigue? No. Okay. What if you were to, for example, FaceTime me every, every day at 4.30? And... Oh, yeah. I thought, we did, I thought we were doing the Zoom thing. Yeah. Um, let's do it on FaceTime instead because it's just easier. All right. Cool. So every day at 4.30, one of us is going to FaceTime the other. Um, who's going to do it? You or me? Who's going to FaceTime the other? You can FaceTime the other. Okay, fine. And then you'll do it next week? Sure. Great. Have you invited oh, me to the cal- ex- Have you invited me I to have, the calendar yeah. event? Great. Okay. And sorry, just to finish this whole talk. So number one, workism. Number two, alarm fatigue. And what's, what's the third <laughs> right, reason? It's not workism. <laughs> what's the third reason as to why you might not <laughs> devote 15 minutes a day to the only worthwhile pursuit in the world? <laughs> Um, let me think about this. Hmm. I think it's plausible that what can happen, what might happen one day, is something else that is urgent and inflexible comes up. I then think, hmm, I actually I should do that thing, and I should postpone my comedy writing to later today. And then the postponing process goes wrong, hmm. and why would the postponing falls process go the, wrong? Falls through the cracks. Hmm? Why would the postponing process go wrong? I might forget to move the calendar event. I might, yeah, so it's something like that. Like none of, none of these are like obviously actually problems or insurmountable. But 
historically this i'm just saying historically this no, is course. the yeah, kind yeah. of thing that happens no i, I completely understand I'm, I, I'm not saying these are like huge huge problems i'm just saying that every layer of potential issue is, is what stops us from from doing the things that are important but not urgent there is always something important and urgent to be doing and before we know it we end up looking back on our lives and thinking damn why was why was it such a worker uh, <laughs> yeah the way to get around that is to make is to actively make time for the things that are important but not urgent which are in fact the more important things overall yeah calling, for sure i back that calling your grandma is never urgent unless it's a birthday it's always important but not urgent and you always got to make time for it it's more important than finishing the demo video for calls or whatever the hell you're doing <laughs> okay so i'm glad we've got this we've decided that um you're falling into workism and you're going to keep be mindful of that we've we've talked about alarm fatigue i'm going to facetime you every day at 4 30 you've sent me a calendar invite yes yep great um and on the postponing front um you're going to be mindful of that plus there is a hundred pound forfeit for every, for every day so i'm looking forward to buying some more things for the house in a guilt-free like way in index cards index cards exactly oh and i think we should set the provisio for this 100 quid is that you aren't allowed to just put it in stock market or anything you, you have to actually buy something with it <laughs> <laughs> bloody hell sorry <laughs> yeah okay great i'm glad we've got that out of the, out of the way uh, it's now 4 34 so we should stop this recording and we now have to do i have to do 11 minutes of songwriting you have to do 11 minutes of comedy and then we're done keep your laptop open so that this call can upload well, i think that's a, a reasonable shout for today uh let's not read a review this week because it's more important and not urgent for us to <laughs> work towards our respective rock star and stand-up comedian goals cool all right good stuff thanks for listening we'll see you next week bye that's it for this week thank you for listening if you like this episode please leave us a review on apple podcasts or on the apple podcast website if you're not using an iphone there's a link in the show notes if you've got any thoughts on this episode or any ideas for new podcast topics we'd love to get an audio message from you with your conundrum question or just anything that we could discuss yeah if you're up for having your voice played on the podcast and your question being the springboard for our discussion email us an audio file mp3 or voice note to hi at notoverthinking.com. if you've got thoughts but you'd rather not have your voice played publicly that's fine as well tweet or DM us at N Overthinking on Twitter, please. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.